the Fight Club series been dope? Like so, so good in week one. We, Pastor Andrew talked about raising up when, th- when things come up. In week two, we talked about generosity. That message was so amazing. If you missed it, go back. It was illustrative sermon. It was getting the last week. Oh, Serve City, our third anniversary. It was all about the breakup of addiction. Wasn't that story and experience powerful by Robert Hawkins? And so if you have not listened to it, go back to our um, YouTube. And so today I'm going to talk about hands up. Hands up this morning, and so I just have a little story to share before we get into it. And so, can you put a picture up on the on the, the screen? About 15 years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Uganda to preach 17 messages for three weeks with my uh, university. And what was so powerful about this experience? I've never seen this before. When I got there, they built the stage out of wood. They had a, a cover, a roof made out of like aluminum, and that's all they had, and we had a mic and a generator. But what was so amazing, what you don't see here, is underneath the platform of the stage, there's a little, little room. And every night, there were three women praying under that room while I preached. That gave me strength when things go wrong. One night I was speaking, and a man that was, had a demonic spirit came up to the altar, and all of a sudden I could hear the woman praying deeper and harder in their language, Luganda. There's something when come, someone comes into you to be in your presence or be in your corner for you. And one evening, another thing, I was preaching, I was there talking, and all of a sudden power goes out. But you know, these guys did not move. They were so hungry for the word of God that they didn't move. And for them, their seats were actually, you don't see them, they're sitting on wood. Like it, literally from the trees, just the wood on there. They would not move. And while I'm speaking, there's like literally bats swooping down, but they did not move. They were hungry. And again, there was just something about hearing the women praying underneath the stage. Who's praying in your corner for you? When you don't have the voice to speak, when you are tired, and you don't have the words, who's in your corner praying you down? And this is where we're gonna talk about prayer, we're gonna talk about who's in your corner, who's in your squad. All right, if you have your Bibles with me, open up to the um, book of the, um, Exodus. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, you can download the YouVersion app on your phone, your iPad, or Android device. And it says, Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses said, but Moses, raised his, but Moses grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in the book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord my banner, or Jehovah Nisi. 
saying, a hand upon throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek for generations and generations. So we have here a story of the children of Israel. They just got out of Egypt and they're on the way to the promised land. And Moses goes to Joshua, Joshua, get, the Amalekites are coming for us and we're gonna fight tomorrow. Go get a, a group of people. Well, I don't, re I don't realize that the Israelites were slaves. They were not people in military fight. They were ill-equipped, ill-trained. And so he took the opportunity to tell Joshua, you pick the people, but I will pick my people tomorrow when I go up to the, the hill. And so he picked up Aaron and her. We have the opportunity to pick who is in our squad. And that's a blessing that we get to do that. And so, and one, of the, one thing is like Aaron is, is Moses' actually older brother, three years older, and, and Exodus 7, 7 it tells us that he was 83 and 80. And that by some people say that actually her is Miriam's um, husband, which is Miriam is their sister, their brother-in-law. And so here we see that with Joshua going preparing a battle with his people that he chooses is um, down at the, in the valley of it. And then we have Moses with Ben, I'm oh, not Ben, with, I thought Ben heard the movie, right? <laughs> with her and Aaron as they go to the hill to fight. And what do you do when your coach is tired? When you have a squad, and think about this, you want to choose friends or people in your circle of influence that will accept who you are and love you for you. Remember that when you're choosing your friends. And I think about it all the time when I have aging grandparents, some of you have aging grandparents, and I remember this summer when I went to Jamaica, it was such an amazing experience. But it was the first time I saw my superwoman, my, my grandma, not as strong. And I remember getting so emotional because there was a night we were preparing for the banquet for my grandparents' 60th um, anniversary. And I had the opportunity to bathe her. And I'm thinking, you used to bathe me. And it was humbling. And I bathed her, I changed her, and her memory is going slowly. But what do you do when the person you know all these years is becomes tired? Do you change your perspective of them or you still give them the respect they needed? And at that time, we see Moses, it says his, his arms were getting weary and tired. And he had friends that were willing to come alongside him. And in verse 11, it says, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. And I want to drop this in. Amalek is actually Esau's grandson, that line right there, fighting. But Moses' um, hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put him put it under him, and he sat under, on, on it. While Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on the other side and the other on the other side. This is, I don't have my points on the screen, but I will tell you this point. Being tired does not mean you quit, it means you rest or get aid. I'll say that again. Being tired does not mean you quit, it means you rest or you get aid. In this situation, Moses is tired. This is, could have been the opportunity, like, I'm tired, I want to quit, I want to get down from the hill, but no, he finds aid. And so, I don't know the situation if you're a Moses when you're tired and you, don't, you have friends that need to come alongside you. And the thing about this, I don't know the situation, Moses had to humble himself potentially to ask for help and let people in his struggle, you know, I am tired, my hands are getting weary. I don't know about you, sometimes it's hard to invite people in the struggle. <laughs> because we're scared people are gonna judge us. Or, I don't know, are you the, um, the errands or the her-er in people's lives? Are you watching your friends struggle and say, oh, do they need us? I don't know. 
I don't know in the situation Aaron and her saw, you know what, Moses' hands are getting weird. Maybe we should grab a stone. Maybe we should grab his arm. Who are you in people's lives? Are you Aaron's, hers, or are you Moses? And sometimes in life, it will switch around. There will be times when you are leading strong and you are encouraging people. You're telling them to go forth. And there's times when you know, I need help. I'm in the struggle. Can you help me out? But you have to have the boldness and the be humble and invite people in the struggle of life, right? The other thing is, when you're receiving help, you got to be careful. Receiving help should not be a burden but a blessing. How many know those people when you're asking for help and they, they keep a score record all the times they've helped you? You remember, as siblings, remember when I was 12? I'm like, I'm in my 30s now. I'm older now. Be careful who you choose in your squad who's helping you. That, that, that blessing is not going to come around to be a burden. Like those credit cards, it was a blessing, but it turns into a burden. Those payday loans. Listen, I was 17 years old. I kid you not. Someone asked me, like, hey, I need a payday loan. Can you go in and get one for me? I'm 17, don't know like what I'm talking about. I go in there thinking, you know, I'm trying to be helpful to this person. They need some money. I walk in there. The moment I saw that they took a picture of you, I was oh, no, I ain't doing this. You got to be careful who you lend even help to. Because it can get you in trouble innocently. We help so many people that we want to help, but it can catch us in trouble. Make sure we receive the relief. It's a blessing, not a burden. It's not a burden. And so what we have here also in 1 Thessalonians 3, in verse 2, it says, And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of, of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith, that no one will be moved by afflictions for you yourself. Know that you were, we were destined for this. And they sent out Timothy, knowing that he was going to exhort them in the faith, and they would not be moved in their afflictions. You need people in your circle or in your influence that know that they're there to exhort you when you're tired and when you're not there. Because how do you know that sometimes the betrayal, the betrayal will hurt? That when people call on you for um, money sometimes and you don't have it, that you have people in the circle that will just affirm you, say, you know what, maybe that's not a good decision. You need people in this society, you need friends to say, take that off of social media, <laughs> right? And if you're in a place of hurting, trust me, there is times, child, that I want to I be pointed in my social media posts. And I keep it 100, that the Lord will not let me post things because I cannot do it because there, you know, something situation happened. I, I saw, and I love posts. I love postcards. If you know me, you get my postcards. And I always have a perfect postcard for a perfect season. But sometimes I have to reserve them and not use them this season because it can offend somebody, right? And I love when people say, oh, no, I posted. It wasn't directed at somebody. Then listen, I always feel the spirit behind someone's post. There's a spirit when you post. And you're, I don't care if you're saying, oh, it wasn't for them. It was just, I'm just going through something. Or this was just a post that I saw. No, 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 no. We all post with intentionality. I'm not taking that. We post with intentionality, especially in this society. We know people are watching. And if you think people are not watching, where are you living? Because people are watching your social media page. And so be careful what you post. And you need friends that will hold you accountable and tell the things that, that you do not want to hear. 
And I have friends that call me all the time, hey, they're like, Chantal, I'm about to go in a meeting. Can I just run by you? Because my flesh right now, I'm about to tear them up, up in there. And they will tell me, and I'll be like, okay, that sounds good. Let's take that part out. And, oh, oh, no, I think we should change that word. Everyone needs an editor in their lives. Everyone needs an editor in their squad that will rearrange, even though they have your heart, they know who you are, but they will just finesse the words a little bit. I'm not for Pastor Andrew, trust me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm at the fourth draft, I'm like, baby, cannot send that out. And you have to have people that will draft and edit what you're going through in life. And so here, in the verse, it says here, verse 12, it says, but Moses' hands grew weary, so he took a stone and they put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron her held his hands, one on one and the other hand, other side. So his hands were, uh, his hands were steady until growing, going down to the sun. And that's what I want to talk about. So his hands grew, uh, sorry. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I don't know how long this fight went for. I don't know long how Aaron and they were holding their hands. They were probably tired as well as Moses. Listen, I can barely keep my hand up in worship. Like first song, I'm like, ooh, I'm praising you. By second song, I'm like, here. Next thing I'm like, I'm like, be tired. I can only imagine the sun is coming down. They're probably getting tired. Who's in your corner? Who's in your squad when you're tired that you can inconvenience them? Listen, true friends are okay with inconvenience. Inconvenience. When, I, when Gabriel was 12 months old, I remember it was midnight. The furnace went out in our house and it was cold. It was Pasha and Andrew and I, we can kind of like cuddle. But we had a 12 month old and I was scared. So we had to call the repairman at midnight. Inconvenience him to come out to help us, even though it was a big bill. But we were grateful. You need to have people in your life. Who can you call to inconvenience them, even though they're busy and tired and stand alongside you? And I think, well, this week I had a. Busy week, and my sister knew I had a big busy week. She's actually, text, I was texting her like, I don't know if I can do this, or I have laundry. She called me while I'm texting her. She's like, hey, can you really do this? I'm like, even though she knew I was busy, but she knows if she needed some, something, she can call me at any time. And sometimes we feel guilty when we know people are busy and their life is going on, but you have to have people you can call in the 911 that they will stand alongside you when you feel like you are giving, you're gonna give up, but you have to call somebody. And so make sure that you have someone in your squad that you can inconvenience. Because listen, the Christian life is about inconvenience. Paul was on his way and the, God knocked him off his horse. That is the story of many of our stories. One way we're doing something, God saved us. Our life is about inconvenience. And so who's in your circle that you can inconvenience or you're not rolling your eyes when you get that call? Like, oh, here again. I've been there, <laughs> I've been there, but you know, there's something when I know that when I'm on mission, I'm here to serve, it's not about me, it's about him because I wanna be used by him. If we really talk, talk about, God, can you use me? Will you use me? And in Isaiah 6, it said, here I am, Lord, send me. That is a dangerous prayer. Listen, when I prayed that prayer 15 years ago, I ended up being in Africa a couple months later. <laughs> And then I was, after the year later, I was at, in the Middle East doing work. And so when you say, do you really want to serve the Lord? You have to be very intentional with your words and your prayers when you say that to him. And so, and then here, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe two, about two months ago at our house, our water um, pilot went out. So we're taking a shower, no hot water. 
And I don't know about you, and, and the thing that's crazy about the water here, it's just a little flame of a pilot that just needs to be lit so you can get the hot water. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, my hot water tank goes out. My fire goes out. And sometimes I have to call, and sometimes mostly it's my husband, like, hey, babe, I need help. Can you pray me through? My fire is out. Who is in your life that can just, just lick that little thing in your life and say, hey, stir it up for me? I'm in a rough season. I know many, many of you are going through season. This is it. You're either coming out of a season or going into a season. You always need people in your corner to help you. And so think about that. Who is in my life that will stir up the flame in me? And so we have here in the story, we have Joshua down in the valley fighting. We have Moses, her, and Aaron in the hill. And what's so amazing is he has a squad up there and he has his friend down there fighting. And I have here... A surrendered squad to God gets a front row seat to see God's victories, no matter, this, uh, no matter the big or small the victories. I don't know about you, some of you have friends that are saved, some of them are not saved, but there's something special and sacred with friends that are seeking after God. And the thing that's special about it is, I don't know what you, I can be having a rough day, but when I start sharing to my friends like what's kind of going on, they remind me of the victories of what God's doing in your life. Like, do you know that even though I've had a hard time, God still came through on this part. Yeah. And they had a front row, and so I can only imagine when it says that jo- uh, Joshua overcame the Amalekites after the fight, that they came together like, they weren't thinking like saying, oh, look what we did. He were like, look, look what God did. When my hands was coming down, we were losing, but when my hands was raising, God was coming through. They were talking about the goodness and they were seeing the victories. What are you talking about with your friends? Are you talking about, or are you bashing? Are you gossiping? Are you talking about people? Are you talking about how God's not come through you? Are you complaining? A surrendered squad to God gets a front row seat. I love talking to people and seeing what God is doing in their life. I get the opportunity to hear what's going on in your life and seeing all the victories that God is doing. And so here we also have, here in verse, uh, in verse 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, which it says Jehovah Nisi. And the hand upon the saying of the hand upon the throne, the Lord will war with Amalek from generations to generations. Listen, it's important to remember what God has done for you. Remember. And in this moment here, we have Moses is building an altar and a banner for what God has done. And it says here, then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in the book and recited in the ears of Joshua. How many of you are writing down the things that God is doing or he's come through for you? There's something about writing down the thing, the very thing that God has done and not forgetting about what he does. And what I love about Moses, he goes a step further and he builds a banner, an altar. A banner is like a flag or um, something that represents something that goes up, like here down at the Scotiabank Center, we have our flag with the, the championships of the Raptors to remember what they did in 2019. Because, and when, whenever, I don't know when I'm into basketball, but whenever the next championship, I'm, I'm speaking by faith that we'll win, but I don't know if we'll win this in 2020. But 
there's going to be a moment they have to remember, we did win one day. When they walk into the, when they're playing and they lose, that we were a champion one day. You have to remember what God is doing and what God has done. And so I have here, building altars help us not to have amnesia. Building altars help us not to have amnesia. And I think about what are the altars that I've built? And I don't know if sometimes, I don't know if I've built that enough, enough altars. I think I just keep going to the next situation. And I think about this church, I think about just eight months ago, we were setting up and tearing down, pulling a trailer at 7 up in the morning. My kids were there every single week, Sunday, we're pulling that trailer with their dad and all the volunteers. Let us not forget that now that we don't have to set up and tear down in this building, come on, in the snow, in the cold, and you have to build an altar. What is an altar that you built up to even last week? Listen, I'll tell you about an altar that I built this week. On Wednesday night, when you guys were, or Thursday night, you guys were having winter school. And it went kind of late. I heard you guys were having such an amazing time. It was so good. But I was home with my three kids. And I'm thinking, Pastor Andrew has to fly out, has to get up at 5 a.m. to get out to the airport. I'm thinking, you haven't packed yet. I'm thinking, we still have work to do. And I called and called. And I wanted to get offended. I wanted to be annoyed that he was not picking up my phone because I'm thinking, yeah, I love that he's blessing the people. <laughs> but I know that he has to prepare for a plane tomorrow and his ministry all weekend. And finally, when he called me after, I saw the phone call. I called him three times and he did not pick up. <laughs> and I picked I put the phone and when I saw his name, I'm like, should I pick it up, pick it up or not pick it up? <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. You know, in the past at our old churches, I used to get so irritated because this is before my heart was, you know, this is the first time that we've done ministry that I've been actually um, in agreement. Let's put it that way. In the past, it was his gig. He did it. I just come along for the ride. I really wasn't as involved. And I would be very um, disgruntled at sometimes when he would come home because, you know, ministry, they, they, you take our time, which is a, a blessing. And I love that in this season, in seasons before, I was not in love with that. That I was stuck with my kids at home, he's having all the fun, meeting all the people, and I'm just at home. I'm grateful now, I am grateful now. Um, but Wednesday, I had the opportunity, so I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the phone, and I'm like, this, you grow. <laughs> he's not answering my phone calls, but I made a decision that, you know what, well, you know, I'm not gonna get offended. I want to pick, so I picked it up on the last ring. <laughs> but when I picked up on the last, she's like, babe, oh my word, you have no idea. And I was just thinking, I could easily get offended. Be in my feelings. When there was an opportunity, ministry was going forward at that time. And so that was my altar. I was like, God, thank you for bringing me through. Thank you for maturing me in ministry. Thank you for being a support and a help to him and not being like, where are you? What are you doing? Poor me. Don't you know? I'm just trying to, listen, and I, <laughs> this is, you know when you try to put the guilt, I'm just trying to help you here. Pack your bags. <laughs> no, but I, I, and he started to share to me what happened Wednesday night. Listen, what I heard, what happened Wednesday night. He was like, babe, this is like the old days back in the basement. Revival is happening back at Surf City. They are hungry. We didn't even want to move. He was like, it was so good. I, can, I am loving the... Because Pastor Andrew's a good preacher, but he's a teacher. Yeah. 
he's a very good teacher. And so, drop, come on one Thursday night at 7 p.m. And so I think about that. And so I think about building the altar. And the other thing is, building altars are not about our accolades, but God's faithfulness. I'm going to share this. I have two diplomas at home. I have a, a diploma in, I have a bachelor's, of, a bachelor's of business with an emphasis in marketing. I have a master's in healthcare administration with a, foc a focus in public administration. Those papers are my altars because what, what most people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How hard those degrees to get. From the fourth grade, I had to have, I had to have a tutor every day because I could, couldn't do the schoolwork. And by the time I got to the sixth grade, to the eighth grade, I cheated my whole way through school. Teachers were too, too um, what's the word? Um, too, uh, I don't know what to say, too, not leaning it, but too, um, I don't know, they trusted us too much, just put it that way. In the sixth grade, you would change papers if, you know, say it was, it was a spelling test, we would change with the right person, wink, wink. I, I want, I need a seven out of ten. Can you give me, make sure you change it and erase it. Got to the seventh grade. Listen, I can barely, I can barely do English because I don't know, I've been cheating. I don't even know anything. I don't know. And I remember there was a new girl that came and she wasn't on the page of, like, we do this? She's like, I'm not, like, we don't do this. I'm like, no, 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 we do this. <laughs> We do this here. I need my grades. I'm preparing for high school. We do this. And I remember in the seventh grade thinking, and I remember my teacher came and confessing, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know English. I can't write. I can barely do math. I don't know because I've cheated my way week after week. And he followed us to me to the eighth grade, actually, and then to the ninth grade. And when I think about that, when I look at my accolades of, yeah. of having a degree, it's only because of God. Yeah. And I want to tell you how bad it was. Up to even when I was married, my husband would read through my papers for my master's. He's like, babe, do you understand the difference between your, your, and your? I'm like, no. And people, the, the grammar police on social media, come on. You don't understand. That, that affects me so much because I actually did not know innocently, did not know what those three different, the different ways to do your, your, and your. Because no, I did not, was, I was not taught it. Or it was taught, but I was not listening. Yeah. And, I, and I think about my husband, he, he, he went through every paper of mine. And so when I look at my altar of my degree, yeah. it's not about my accolades. Yeah. I see the faithfulness of God. Yeah. But I'm standing here. I'm standing here. But I'm standing here, and I, and I think about, too, I also think about, thank you, I also think about um, speaking. I've always wanted to speak. But, but by the time I was young, people said, we can't understand you, you talk too fast. Do you need a translator? And you don't understand how hard it is to get up here every week, even to pray. Even to pray. But each week it's my altar. I'm like, God, I will do it for you, even if I'm not the perfect speaker. And I think about Moses, he had a stutter. He had a stutter. Yeah. 
what altar are you holding on to that God has done that God has done for you and everyone has a story we, and listen the struggle to put a post on social media you guys don't even understand because I don't know if I'm going to grab I'm going to do it right or wrong if you get my text messages you know there's so many I'm always complaining for typos because I'm almost positive if I go back I probably have a learning disability in some form not recognizing that but learning that I struggle in text messaging but you know what you still get the messages anyway and I've made a decision I will not give up I will not the enemy put something in my mouth and I will do it even though I'm scared or afraid or insecure about it I will do it because these are my accolades these are my not accolades but these are my altars think about this and I want to think about not even those are years ago but what this week what has God done for you and I think about Joshua Moses Aaron and her listen Joshua was fighting the battle Moses was up on the hill fighting or praying but Jesus gets the glory he gets the victory and I don't care who's in your circle I don't know who's your friends Jesus always gets the glory and you know we I highlight the friends in the story but you know what the the miracle really is was the rod because the rod represents the presence of God every time it raised it lowers it was when God was moving and that's the thing they were all witnessing what God was doing it wasn't even that Aaron helped Moses which is great and her and Joshua's fighting they only had that because the the power of God was present in the situation and I want to read Psalms Psalms 25 it starts it says may we shout for joy over the salvation over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know the Lord saved his anointed, and he answers him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, come on, and some in horses, but we trust, say we trust, in the name of the Lord our God. And come on. While they're fighting with the Malachites, they're fighting with their chariots, with their horses. They were not fighting with those. They were fighting with the Lord. He was with them. And so I don't know about you. Check your circle. It's okay if you're tired. Get some rest or get some aid. Who is in your circle that will help alongside you and come alongside you? And my husband's made a commitment to me that he will proofread every post for me. Because I struggle. Who is in your circle that will do that? When you receive the blessing, let it not be a burden. Evaluate that. People are so nice and kind. It's great. Evaluate the blessing before you receive it, before it turns into a nightmare. Because so many opportunities turn into nightmare. And not only that, when you think about your squad, I pray that your squad is surrendered to God so they can have a front row seat of the victories that God is doing. Not even the big things, but even in the small things. And lastly, build altars so it would not help you, help you build alt- altars so it would help you not to have amnesia, all the go- good things that God is doing. And build a, all, the altars are not about your accolades, but it's the, the things that God has done is faithful in your life. If you enjoyed that word, give God a praise this morning.
And for us, our banner is the cross. We get to look at the cross to see what God did. He died on the cross for our sins. But on the third day, he rose with all power in his hands.